Now, Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? Did Jesus say, I am the synodal way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Holy Father except by the synodal way? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, beautiful, and true of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host and friend, Dan Duddy. Hi, Tom. You don't, you don't always say friend. I listen for that a little time. I'm very sensitive to that. <laughs> sometimes you just say co-host, and I, I wonder what I did wrong. But today you said friend, and sometimes you say good friend. And I just, you know, it's just... Have I ever said great friend? Not yet. One day you will. I'll make sure of it. How many episodes did I miss saying friend? Because I'm just going to say friend, 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 friend. No, no, no. Just be be yourself. Just be yourself. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) My fallen nature. (laughs) Uh, All right. So here we are. This episode goes under the category of St. Fra- <laughs> Francis, uh, Pope Francis. Maybe one day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh. uh, we had a probably at least two episodes going back and, wow, I can't, we've been doing this a long time, Dan, because that wasn't the Amazon Synod in 2015? Oh, my goodness, yes. That seems like... I'd have to yeah, check that. We, we actually did that? We did, Yeah. And I know, because that was, you know, the... Pachamama. No, I it was 2019. It. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah I, re- I remember doing it, but gosh, we have, we've been doing this a long time. And we were doing it for quite a while before Pachamama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's when I, because I haven't had that guy cutting my grass in, in years. <laughs> 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 he's in the nursing, nursing home and he was only 35 that day <laughs> it takes him maybe, 10 hours to cut the front lawn <laughs> maybe we're dead Tom maybe we're in heaven uh, for our new listeners that's a reference to uh, in the days before pre-COVID uh, we used to say BC you know before COVID uh, yeah. there was uh, we, were, we were doing the episodes uh, in the same room together Mm-hmm. And That's right. this, I forget why we did this in this one particular room, but it was in my house and uh, where we did most of them before we went to the school where you were uh, taught uh, That's right. and, did the, and did the guidance in the guidance office where we had, I can remember where we had the uh, unforgettable uh, episode while the wrestler was retching his guts out right outside the, uh, the <laughs> That's <door>. right. <laughs> <laughs> he had just finished his match. He was, he was vomiting 15 feet from us at a door, a louvered door. <laughs> I think he had all the all the privacy in the world. Uh, little did he know he was he was on the airwaves internationally. That's right. He was being he was being streamed. His his stream was being streamed. <laughs> the audience thought we were in front of a live audience. <laughs> And that was the that was the the, the positive effects we had on. <laughs> uh. It just hit me what you said. <laughs> oh, did it? <laughs> Hopefully, it hit the others sooner. That is good. That is good. But we had a uh, we we're doing an, um, an episode, and I had the window open, and all of a sudden we hear the lawnmower going. <laughs> 
And I used to have this, this local guy who's dirt cheap. I said, who is that guy? Why is that stranger on my front lawn? <laughs> That's right. That was funny. Uh, Those were good times. We had a lot of background noises. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. The best well, were the wind talking. chimes and the birds in the backyard. Mm, that was beautiful. Yeah. Was, uh, that was truly heavenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, anyway, we're on this, on another synod, and I don't know whether to say, I don't know whether this has the most controversy, because the synod on the family had, you know, controversies and uh, consternations leading up to it, you know, the Amazon synod, for sure, more so during it when different things were happening, and now this one, uh, the, uh, synod on synodality. So this is the synod of all synods, it seems like. Yeah. You know, and uh, we're going to have, I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see what happens, whether we have a, a follow-up um, episode as the synod is going on. But we will. We have reached out to our, uh, our pal, our former colleague in terms of WQPH. Uh, still our colleague, though, uh, mm-hmm. in faith and Fellowship uh, Deacon Chuck Kelly, uh, he uh, actually, yeah, he did agree. He would do it uh, uh, to come on right after the synod concludes. And actually, it just occurred to me, we're going to have to have him back again. I know in EWTN, uh, Raymond Arroyo's The World Over, he periodically has the papal posse uh, with... Uh, Oh, what's the? I know it's Father Gerald Murray. He's a canon lawyer. Uh, he's on, and it's uh, oh, what's that man's name? He's with the Catholic thing. You know who I'm uh, talking about? I'm sorry, it's not ringing the bell. Well, I'm going to find it uh, right now. If I hopefully you open up one of your Encyclopedia Britannicas. I am. Uh, uh, I want to give him credit, but. Uh, I have one of his books downstairs. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But, but we'll have our own uh, posse. It's going to be you, me, be the three amigos, uh, and uh, Deacon Chuck to talk about the anticipated document that Pope Francis will pull out. Yeah. Right? That, with the apostolic uh, exhortation. Yeah, I, I don't know how much information we're going to get regarding the uh, the final document uh, previous to the actual uh, you know publication of the document for the public to see because I'm reading today's news on the synod and, and the Pope is calling for absolute silence regarding the synod from all of uh, the participants all the attendees of the, of the synod in the in the for lack of better terms you know, these four walls we used to say in the locker room uh, and just uh, so, so there's a, a great deal of silence and prayer and discernment uh, going on in these first couple of days. So I don't know if we're, if we're not if we're going to get any any leakage any uh, anything from uh, from the synod previous to that. But I I absolutely look forward to uh, you know breaking it down and uh, you know I think it's exciting. You said it's controversial, uh, perhaps maybe the most controversial, but I think it has to do with. What's being discussed, what we believe will be discussed, really our culture is sensitive to what's being discussed. And I think giving Pope Francis credit and, and in my way supporting him, I like the idea of the silence. I think it's going to be far more effective and it, it's going to come far more likely from uh, the Holy Spirit in discernment 
by doing so. So, so far, I like it. Even Cardinal Mueller has, has come out, not, uh, not in denying this code of silence, but he's come out to say there is a code of silence and that he is very optimistic about the attitude and what's happening so far. There seems to be a lot of it, it's grace filled, you know, so uh, I, I like what I'm hearing so far. Well, I don't know whether that uh, indicates your uh, glass half full kind of guy. Which you are. And uh, I, in fact, you kind of like that song, Accentuate the Positive, Eliminate the Negative, and Don't Mess with Mr. In-Between. One day I'm going to sing that, but not tonight. And okay. that is... That's good. <laughs> and that, so I am hopeful. What I would have loved is, but this is impossible. And I think what your, I think your hope is... Impossible, only because of, uh, but one worth having of uh, of uh, silence with the fallen human nature and the camps. I guess that we always have. We got we got one side and we got the other side. It's too, obviously it's too simplistic to say those are pro Pope Francis and anti Pope Francis. Uh, those both groups exist. Whether hopefully it's ninety five percent pro, but who knows. Um, I mean, if you go back to, I mean, the Synod is based on uh, Acts 15, and that's the Council of Jerusalem. So, and there were significant uh, uh, disputes there about circumcision, because again, that's that's right in the beginning. And uh, uh, it's, which way is this quote-unquote church going to go? Peter was leaning more toward the Jewish aspect, and Paul was saying, no, no, we're we're done with that. we got to move forward. This is something new. And part of the, the big debate was about uh, circumcision. So anyway, that's the, uh, you know, the Jews, the Gentiles, the Gentiles have to act like Jews in order for them to be accepted in this faith, and Paul's saying no. So, but, you know, so that's one of the criteria for a synod is that you have, you you actually encourage, you know, some disagreement as long as it's, you know, done in the in in the good spirit. Yeah, I, a consultation, you know, versus you know disagreement or debate, and I you know I think that's why the, the laity, so many laity have been invited uh, this year. I think they're they're always invited. I think since since the inception of the first synod, which I think goes back to the mid three hundreds, uh, so. That's pretty cool, especially given the culture that we're in. So there's that that invitation, that inclusion that we would expect from Francis. But it was also done by our by previous popes as well. But because the culture is knocking on the door of the Vatican every day, all day, n- trying to knock it in, uh, you know, there, there's once again there's there's that sensitivity. I, in my research, you know, I go back to and and you know this, you got your masters in theology, and you're real cool and everything. You think you're cool? I'm just kidding. But <laughs> The, the five, the dubia, the, the, the dubium, the five questions that were presented uh, to Pope Francis, I think in late uh, 2021, where he came with a response to those answers. And they're basically yes and no questions, but he came with pretty complicated, uh, wordy, I should say, responses to those questions. And those pr- questions are the pressing questions or what do you call hot button? Is that the word? 
questions that people see are going behind those those four walls. And, and the prelates were uh, uh, German Cardinal Bram Mueller, uh, American Cardinal uh, Raymond Burke, Chinese Cardinal Zen Zhe Kian, uh, Mexican Cardinal Juan Sandoval Iniguez, and uh, Cardinal Robert Seurat. He's my hero. I love that guy. And, uh, and the, the second question has to do, for example, with the you know same-sex conflict question. Now, the, let me just jump in here. Mm-hmm. This is uh, your vintage Dan enthusiasm to get right to the uh, you know the big controversy. Let me just give a little bit of a background for the uh, the synod. Some so our audience you know they hear synod, synod, synod. Yes, please do. Yeah, so we got the roots in Acts fifteen. The actual formal process uh, began with Pope Paul the sixth. You know this is I think this is what fifty five years something like that after that first formal uh, 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 synod. And as you said, it's consultative, right? It's a consulting uh, body. There's no binding power. Pope has the, uh, you know, the final say uh, in, in that. Uh, Pope Francis, he's emphasizing, let's see how the Holy Spirit is moving this uh, and, and how well we can discern the Holy Spirit it's got three phases. We've already had the first two uh, in, I think, 21, the diocesan listening. I remember when that first came out in, in, my, in our diocese, your diocese and mine, uh, Trenton. And then the second phase is continental. So the continents, uh, for, we, go, we go diocesan, continental, uh, and then the last one, which is what this one is, is the universal and again, the expectation is the Pope is going to put a summary document. And that's, of course, what everybody's looking forward to. What is he going to have a bullet point? Are these going to be the, uh, are we going to have big changes? Because, as you know, you referred again, and I'll say again, you referred to the silence and the, the code of silence that the Pope wants. I would have preferred that the Pope had put that out there a year or two ago, because now the expectation is so high on both sides, and I am going to say, you know, binary, uh, the, those who are more conservative and those who are more liberal, to say, okay, what is the Pope going to, uh, going to say about these hot-button issues, as you say, and which we'll get to. Um, you know, the Pope emphasizes he doesn't want winners or losers. He wants to leave the agendas at the door. He's not using this term, I'm going to use it, a Rogerian argument. So it's based out of, uh, from an American psychologist, Carl Rogers, who essentially was saying, and you look at, the, you can see these, this reference in a number of the documents from Pope Francis, the recognize the, the dignity of everybody's position, uh, everybody's contribution. You know, you may disagree with it, but you got to listen. Uh, you got to listen to it. And uh, even if there is a consensus, uh, like there was in the Amazon Synod, there was a consensus to allow priests to marry. And he, Pope Francis, shocking a lot of people, uh, overruled that consensus. And it reminded me of the consensus. Now, it wasn't a technically a synod, but with uh, Pope Paul VI, when he had at least two papal bodies, including bishops who were advising him about contraceptive and artificial birth control. And they voted to, uh, they had a consensus to, to allow it. And of course, you know, with Humanae Vitae, we know that he, uh, uh, he didn't. So, you know, you, it, it, it's, which, it's like a, okay, we got a game. We, I'm, I'm sure there's 
millions and millions of dollars being uh, uh, wagered right now throughout the world on what what's going to come out of this. Yeah, no matter no matter what side you're on, and it's horrible that we do have to say the word sides, but that's been going on forever. But the sides are d- desperately further apart these days than than I think. Well, I shouldn't say ever because I've only been here for this amount of time. So that there's there are going to be surprises either way when the final document does come out. But I, I must tell you that it's this the the synod is broken down, for, I think, very nicely by a priest named Father Ianuzi. I-A-N-N-U-Z-Z-I. And I'm telling you, Tom, or, and, and, and our people, to look him up on a YouTube and, and type in misinformation and listen to what, what he has to say. And it, it, it gives me peace to hear what he has to say, that we are definitely under uh, a media misinformation. And we're not talking about Trump and Biden and Democrats and Republicans. It's trickled into Catholic news. So we, we need to be careful, very, very careful of what we're reading and what we're accepting. Uh, so break it down and uh, go in there with an open heart and know that uh, these hot, hot button uh, items are being addressed. And if you go to the dubia that I just told you about, you'll see Pope Francis clearly has expressed how he feels about those those five questions and what comes out of the end. And we'll find out because he's not the only guy in the room. Once again, inclusive and inviting. So we'll see. We'll see where we go. I'm not so sure of that. Uh, you said clearly. Uh, in fact, this came up in uh, uh, my well, parents. Can I explain? Let me just say that I agree with you as clearly as he he could give it to us because <laughs> because he used the dirty he, rag to clean the windshield. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But there's still an awful lot of super optimism there. But listen, this is why I say I bring it up. The five uh, writers of the Dubium um, said, we, we need you to readdress this. And so he's, he's, he was due in August to come back with a clearer picture of his answers. But well, they were hoping for that. They were hoping. He said no. I mean, it was, I don't know if he said no, but he was due to come back in August. I don't know what happened. But well, did he say August of what year? Uh, yeah, right. Maybe that's the problem. But maybe the, he uh, was uh, his his no was not. It was he, he was uh, the no was not didn't need to be stated. You know, no happens when nothing happens. Mm, and uh, it, you time know, time will I, tell. Time I, is telling. Perhaps. Well, it's see. You just used the Francis word. Perhaps. You 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 could have said however. You know, because you look at his responses to the dubia uh, by those uh, cardinals, and they're in the the first what we call one part of it. In the in the beginning, he seems to respond. Uh, you know, we'll say use your word clearly, um, and then I'll use a Francis word, but. Uh, so it's like he'll, he'll reference, which you want to pick one, Dan, uh, if you want to do the, uh, the same sex, uh, uh, blessing. Go ahead. You're going to read it. Go. Uh, okay. The church has a very clear understanding of marriage an exclusive, stable and indissoluble union between a man and a woman naturally open to procreation. Only this union can be called marriage. Um, so I think that uh, you know they these five. What's unclear about that? 
that is clear. That's clear, yes. Part B uh, is it is not just a matter of names, but the reality we call marriage has a unique essential constitution that requires uh, an exclusive name not applicable to other realities. For this reason, uh, the Church avoids any type of rite or sacramental that might contradict this conviction and suggest that something that is not marriage is recognized as marriage. However, this is part D. And by the way, I'm, I'm skipping down to F2, which starts out on the other hand. <laughs> which is, I, I always think of President Harry Truman, who was, he was, we'd hope and pray for a one-handed economist because the economists would come up to him and say, hey, uh, Mr. President, on one hand, but on the other. So, uh, it, it says, uh, uh, so part D, however, in our relationships with people, we must not lose the pastoral charity, which should permeate all our decisions and attitudes. The defensive objective truth is not the only expression of this charity. So to say, oh, homosexuality is intrinsically disordered, which is the church teaching. Uh, to, I, I don't even know if Pope Francis would use that, that language, but he states the church's position on that. But he then said going beyond that and saying the defense of objective truth is not the only expression of this charity. It also includes kindness, patience, understanding, tenderness, and encouragement. And then we have to say, how is that expressed? By the church, yeah, right. I, yep. And he says the last part. The last part of last sentence of part D is therefore we cannot be judges who only deny, reject, and exclude. And what I would say to that is, well, the church is not denying, rejecting, excluding. It's like does God send people to hell, or do they send themselves to hell by what they do? You know the quote unquote. You know you know the church teaching going in. Uh, or if you're part of it, so you know you're aware of the church teaching, but you want it changed. Okay, well then, it's you want the church to change. You don't want to change. You want to not be denied, rejected, excluded. But if you know the if you know the church teaching, well then you're excluding yourselves. So anyway, I'm just picking apart that that part D uh, and Pope Francis. I think more than any. Pope, I was somewhat aware of, uh, well, no, I was fairly aware of Pope Paul VI, but, you know, certainly beyond them, he seems to be the most pastoral, the less dogmatic doctrinaire uh, of the recent popes. And that's, I totally, that's I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's where we are. That, and I think that's, that's where, that's where we need to be at the moment. So treat, you know, love, love first. And yeah. But are, what are you loving? Are you blessing? Are you blessing the union or are you blessing the people? That's what we're going to find out. I feel he's blessing the people because there's a line that I am looking for where he flat out is talking about blessing the people uh, rather than the union. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to be able to find it because we're running out of time or decisions which in yeah. can be decisions which in certain circumstances can form part of pastoral prudence should not necessarily become a norm. That is to say, it is not appropriate for a diocese and Episcopal conference. Anyway, it goes on and I, I feel, you know, I need to look at this more so, but it's absolutely person-based people of Christ well, rather than union. Keep in mind that, I mean, I have concerns about this and I know a lot of you have concerns about this based on the German synodal way and Belgium where they're all in on the blessing of same-sex unions. So, and the, and, uh, the Vatican is not doing an, uh, essentially and I mean, in essence, is not doing anything about that. It's 
it's happening. They're not, they're not stopping it. And I don't know whether they could stop it without a schism. Uh, and, but again, you know, schism is, okay, well, the Germans want to go their own way. It's not like the church is kicking them out. They are leaving, uh, they want to create their own church. So, so this is a big concern because of the, what's happening in those two countries, uh, principally. So, um, you know, is that going to be, I know, to put in our layman's term, is the Pope going to cave and will the bishops who are for same-sex unions and perhaps same-sex marriage too, uh, are how, how, what influence will they have on, on Pope Francis? So there's a lot riding on this. A lot riding, there's a lot of ri- lot riding on the interpretation and the fallout that comes from it too. Right. So, and how, how people actually put it to work. All right, brother. Oh, yeah, we got to wrap it up. Yeah. This is uh, right. only part one. Only part one. Well, say our prayers. Uh, with that being said, stay stay tuned, folks, for the Angelus and your prayer intentions with Peter and Jimmy. And you know, I know so you should say prayer. You know, we should. Whenever anything gets happens, that's and whenever anything terrible happens, and we're we're all aware of it by by the news. Uh, that's what we want. You know, for those of us who are of faith, we want to say a prayer for that. Of course, violence is going on all the time, all over the world, every day, uh, and we don't always say prayers for uh, for that. But we just become aware of these uh, horrors uh, with uh, uh, in, uh, that happened in Israel. So uh, we say uh, a prayer for uh, uh, the people over there. And it's too simple to say it's we'll pray for peace. Uh, you know, we, did we pray for peace right after 9-11? Did we pray for peace right after Pearl Harbor? You know, uh, so let's let the events uh, unfold, but we just hope that... Uh, Ultimately, uh, there is a peace and, and there is not, uh, no, we don't see uh, any more of what we've seen, but I don't have a lot of uh, confidence in that. So maybe we all say after the uh, episode, say a prayer uh, for what's going on over there and around the world. Um, so we'll say uh, thanks, as always, WQPH and uh, uh, Marianne. Gene, James, Tom, and all the others. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Support us. It's a great help. Danny, God bless you, brother. God bless you, Tommy. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to The 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle?